Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pop culture escapism. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Streets of San Francisco. A Quinn Martin production. Starring Carl Malden. Also starring... Jimmy! I got one name! Tonight's episode, Mr. Nobody. And that's me. I am your host, Patrick Riley. Welcome to episode 538. It is a Wednesday, and you know what a Wednesday is, don't you, Kimmy, when we upload this episode? New comic book day. That's right. New comic books and new comic book-related product available at comic book shops across the country. And we'll have a quick look at that and some comic book-related information right here on the Riley and Kimmy show. That That's all in this episode because we are about pop culture escapism. We interrupt our regular programming to bring you this special bulletin. Uh, and also uh, news stories in Florida, Kimmy. Oh? Oh, yes. Crime sprees and things like that. Really? Oh, yeah. The Orlando Sentinel reporting in Mount Dora, Florida. The... <laughs> The bunny rabbit at Lakeside Inn certainly didn't hop away on its own. Okay. That's our lead story on the Ryan Kimmy show. After all, this bunny is made of heavy concrete and weighs 50 to 75 pounds. Okay. Now, the inn co-owner, Alexandra Smith Gunderson, estimates that the weight is around 75 pounds. She stated apparently it got removed from the premises without permission on Saturday night. We're heartbroken about it. And she is offering a $200 reward, no questions asked, for the return of the very special and cherished bunny, which went missing from a grassy area where it was surrounded by delicate plants and other lawn statues. It looks like none of them were taken. Mm. It looks like none of those delicate plants were harmed. Mm. Mm. As the co-owner says, quote, Whoever it was, was very strong. Hmm. Now, she posted news of the theft on their Facebook page. Now, the bunny has a sentimental value because she found it several years ago cast aside in a woodsy area of Mount Dora and rescued it from eternal oblivion. Mm-hmm. You know what I am suspecting, Kimmy, don't you? No. I think that there's a possibility that Bigfoot returned found his missing bunny. Oh, what a cute little pink bunny rabbit. <coughs> Just what I always wanted, my own little bunny rabbit. I will name him George, and I will hug him and pet him and squeeze him. And took him back. Mm-hmm. You know, remember, you know, what was the abominable snowman, you know, that was looking for George. But I think this is the, you know, the Bigfoot Sasquatch looking for George. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Don't you? I, I have a feeling that's what it is. You okay. Know, you know, Bigfoot grabbed it back and said it's mine and it's back in my garden in my special place. Anyhow, if you've seen this missing bunny or you think you might have, we have a picture of the missing bunny right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. So if you are in the Central Florida area, Mount Dora, and you know where that bunny is, 
You can find that rabbit. There's $200 waiting for you. All you have to do is uh, link to their Facebook page and collect your, your reward. But we have a picture of the missing bunny right there because we share and care. That's what we're all about. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The wonderful world of Disney. Yes, Kimmy, some wonderful things happening at the wonderful world of Disney. According to the Orlando Sentinel, a new shop at Disney's Animal Kingdom is serving up desserts that, well, they look like a variety of animal uh, dung. Ew. Yeah, that's a new thing. Poo for you. That's not the name of it. Four kinds of poo are now in cases amid the caramel apples and marshmallow treats. And it's all happening at Zuri Sweet Shops, which opened in the africa section of the park last week now the desserts are not labeled as poo in the case but instead it has four animals that you know represent each one of the, the you know goodies there's a giraffe an elephant a rhino and a cotton top tamarind all right there and that's uh, you know supposed to be what they deposit uh-huh now signs instruct folks to match the species with the feces. Well, they don't say feces, but you know, I thought that'd be kind of cute there. Yeah. But they do say match the species. So you can match the species with the feces and get yourself some tasty poo. That's disgusting. Each order just costs a mere three dollars and ninety-nine cents. So How's you, that selling? I I guess it's selling quite well according to the Orlando Sentinel. Kids are lining up for poo. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the next time you go to the park, there you go. Get yourself some, you know, species, feces, poo, whatever they want. Nice. See what the Riley and Kimmy show offers, all kinds of information about stuff you can't find. And when the kid goes home and generalizes something and uh, anyway. Whoa. No, 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 no. Are you saying, let's say Fido leaves a present, child might say, oh, Mm -hmm. or maybe some clever child. We'll pick up what Fido has left and leave it for some family member. Mm. You know, th- I, th- I guess that is a possibility, right, Kimmy? Now let's move or on. Or self-made. I Stop it, okay? You are bad. Bad girl, Kimmy. Bad, bad, bad. Anyhow, moving over uh, to something else. It's uh, a sad report that Donald Featherstone has passed away. Donald Featherstone was a creator of something that is especially well-known to residents in Florida and to those who think of Florida. What did Donald Featherstone create, Kimmy? He was 79 years of age, by the way. I have no clue. He created the ultimate symbol of the American lawn sculptor object. Gnomes? Close. I said Florida. Gnomes you would find up north as well. Not a garden gnome. Not a garden gnome. But it in Florida. One of those gooses, geese that you dress up? No, you find those up north as well. This item, mostly in Florida, you would find this item. And you think of Florida with this item in yards. Flamingos. That's right. Pink flamingos. He created the the first uh, yard flamingo. Mm. Yes, and he just passed away. Now, Kimmy, my question for you is the following. What year did Featherstone, a trained sculptor with a classical art background, create the pink flamingo yard ornament? 72. Oh, Kimmy, come on. 1957. Okay. He created this for the plastics company in Union Products, modeling it after a bird he saw in a National Geographic magazine. And, of course, millions of those birds have been sold. 
And Featherstone worked for Union for 43 years, inventing hundreds of plastic products in that time and rose to the position of president before his retirement in 1999. I have a love-hate relationship with those flamingos. Matter of fact, I have a, a box of a couple uh, since moved to Florida, since we moved down here a long, long time ago, and they have never been taken out of the box. One of the reasons is because a long time ago, I worked at a radio station where I was the operations manager of and also air talent. And I was brought into this radio station and I was flipping the format to an oldies format. Now the owner, part owner and general manager was in charge of, you know, creating the logo and things like that. And he decided, even though we were conversing, I was out of town coming in. I was leaving one radio station to another and trying to do work without physically being in this town. And he decides that he wants to go with the pink flamingo as a as a logo and first of all it was not exactly a good idea because the radio station especially at that time period with oldie stations they no longer wanted to identify themselves as old okay mm -hmm. they wanted to be they wanted to basically be new packaging of old music but for people to discover it and fall in love with it that was kind of the the feel because if you had an old smell to you uh, you were just an old station, but you didn't want to be that. You wanted to be more of a thriving, vibrant, modern era station. Just happens to play music from a few years before. But he was definitely, you know, dating the radio station right out of the box to the 1950s, which it was not. The station, matter of fact, played hardly any 1950s music. It played uh, a core of the 1960s into the 70s. So that was kind of a little bit of a problem. And when we kicked off the format, because we had this flamingo thing going to be, uh, he had purchased over 20,000 plastic flamingos in storage and put them out all over town. So one of my uh, tasks was to assign individuals, boy, they love this, the duty of flamingo task. And that was to put out flamingos all over town at sunrise and to get them at night. And they had contests and things with that. But mm -hmm. the, the worst thing was they decided to make a flamingo mascot and that's not an easy creature to turn into a mascot and i went to the national association of broadcasters the nab big convention down in new orleans uh, i think it was new orleans at the time and was sent for the purpose of finding a mascot i was going there for other reasons too but uh the prices i came back the quotes and this is a long time ago were very high about five grand just to start for this because you know let's face it a flamingo is not an easy you know that neck and everything and then mm -hmm. he decided that he would make one himself through a friend a neighbor and do it for less than a grand and it looked like it and it, it kind of looked like a pink snuffleupagus and it was only utilized one time and we have a detailed story about that on our website further back it was the worst radio promotion i think i'd ever been part of uh, ever and, and the thing was losing feathers and everything so I got this weird feeling about you know pink flamingos you know what's interesting though I I, don't, I have not seen a house with a pink flamingo mm -mm. Uh, living here now I remember visiting Florida a long time ago with a, a relative who used to you know get me away from the prairie I traveled with him he uh, was a uh, over-the-road uh, national driver he'd drive all over the country for a certain moving company and I would ride with him and, and help him out during times of, you know, school breaks. That's both winter and summer. And I had been down to Florida, and I remember seeing them a long time ago. Uh, my visits, like, to the Naples area and Fort Myers and some, and maybe even over in Tampa. But that was a long time ago. We're talking in the 70s. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, you know, when, as an adult came into uh, Florida, I never, I haven't seen them ever. And, you know, I've been to almost the whole state since being an adult. Have you? 
Seen those? Mm-mm. No, it's kind of, it's kind of, you, and I know it's one of the things when you think of Florida, you tell people about Florida, they think of, you know, the flamingos. That's one of the things they do think of, don't you think? Right. Everything is awesome. Oh my gosh, I love this song. Well, everything is awesome for Lego, according to West TV, and that's uh, via CNN. Lego, the toy company, plans to invest $1 billion over the next 15 years as part of a broad effort to replace its iconic plastic building blocks with materials that are better for the environment. It will also make its packaging more sustainable. The company made how many, Kimmy, how many Lego pieces last year alone? Not since they've been in existence. Last year, how many Lego pieces did the company make? 250 million. Kimmy, you're not doing well on the Riley and Kimmy show today, I don't think, with your guesses. 60 billion Lego pieces when they mm. made last year alone. Last October, Lego ended a 50-year relationship with Shell Oil after falling under scrutiny over the oil giants drilling in the Arctic. So they're going to make things uh, greener. That's their goal. Now, moving over to Variety Magazine, they're talking about two people, a mashup that's coming to theaters that is kind of bizarre. Elvis has left the building. Yes, Elvis and Nixon together. Okay. Oh, yeah. Variety is reporting this after weeks of haggling. Amazon Studios is in the final negotiations for the drama Elvis and Nixon. That's according to Variety. Now, the film will debut in theaters only. Elvis and Nixon tells the story of the infamous meeting between Elvis Presley and Richard Nixon, who, by the way, Nixon's being played by Kevin Spacey. Now, this meeting happened in 1970. Now, Elvis and Nixon is directed by Liza Johnson and was shot earlier this year in New Orleans. Would you go see Elvis and Nixon, Kimmy? A whole movie? A whole About mo- one yeah. meeting? Well, I, I, you know, I think he made him like a special deputy in some of the, the rumor, you know, the, the mm. myth, the legend, and things like that. Okay. I cannot imagine those two together. That's the black polar opposites mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. I've seen photos of them together, uh, of the, the encounter. Um, not seen any photos of Kevin Spacey as Nixon. I, I don't know what hmm. that'll be like. Yeah. I hope he's better than Anthony Hopkins was. As Nixon, remember the uh, biography that was yeah. done? And, yeah. Or or one of the worst Nixons, I don't mean to upset anybody, I like the movie as a whole, but it just stood out to me as bad, was The Watchmen. Mm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, it's going to be a whole movie. I And I, it kind of surprised me. That's like, for me, that's TV. Yeah. You know, not film. Right. Although it might be, let's put it in some artsy type theaters. Don't you think okay. maybe that may be, might be that kind of... Yeah, I think it, it might be. Now moving over into the world of comic books. Who are you? I'm Doctor Strange. Yahoo reports we've known that Marvel has had plans for a Doctor Strange film for almost one year, but the character soon will be played by Benedict Cumberbatch has not had a comic book of his own for almost five years now. Now this fall, that finally changes. Marvel has announced a brand new comic series starring Stephen Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme. And it's putting some serious talent behind the wheel. Now with a new film just shy of a year away, chances are the new Doctor Strange series will redefine the character in a way that will be more in line with how he will be portrayed in the movie. Now the new action heavy Doctor Strange will likely pivot the character from his traditional cerebral old ponderous and trippy trajectory to something more palatable and exciting to help get new readers excited about this character although there is a threat that some of the you know old schoolers will get a little upset 
with this. So that's something new out there. Um, so we have more information about that. Also, who's doing the art and the writing and all that right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Also, along with that is some other things about comic books we have. We have 13 most powerful supervillains in DC and Marvel history. Nine things that Amazon and the Marvel deal, they're teaming up together which means for comics, and what does that mean? It might mean some changes because it's dealing in the world of digital comics. And does this threaten comic book shops across the country? Well, let's put it this way. The comic book shop owners will say it won't, but you need to read the article and determine that as a reader if it might. There might be some changes out there. And five strangest DC and Marvel comic sales tactics. The ways they the way they have manipulated over the years to get people into the stores. They, we have that those five there. And that also includes the killing off Robin thing as Kimmy's not really aware of it. She wasn't part of that time period. I was working mornings in a market up north when and I was re, I was a comic book reader at that time and that's when DC solicited should Robin be killed off or not by the Joker and they had a 1-900 number for this and it was like 50 cents a call and it was by just a hair and people voted to kill him off because they didn't like the person who replaced Dick Grayson the first Robin mm. and so yeah the Joker did his thing and it was a sales tactic it was a, and plus when that happened by the way and this is way back, like a long time ago, before radio stations and TV stations were using computers on the whole for newsprint and things, or, or news stories where you get them on screens and stuff like that. You were getting news this way, you know, the teletype. And when that story broke, they would have alarms on these teletype machines, bells, and like multiple bells went off, which is not a good thing. And that's how big of a story that was. Robin's dead. You know, I think that was what the title was, mm. like that. But this uh, article we have has five ways they've manipulated, not just back in the 80s, but not that long ago, and it's something to look at. So it's it's kind of an interesting thing, the way the comic book industry does work. And over here is my comic book collection. Feel free to browse. There's a box of disposable reading gloves on the nightstand. That's right, and being a Wednesday, it's a chance for you to add to your comic book collection, right, Kimmy? Mm -hmm. And if you don't know where a comic book store is, just go to our website at RileyandKimmy.com, and we have a comic book shop locator. It really does work. It goes like within a mile and a half of zip code areas. Uh, I think you can go up to 50 miles, and it does pull up some obscurities there, and it can help you find some comic books. And by the way, on our website at RileyandKimmy.com, we have a list of this week's releases by Diamond Select Previews World. That's where you know both worlds are mashed together, and I should say all worlds, Independence and Marvel and DC, and not just the comic books, but also the product. You know, like the uh, you know T-shirts and sweatshirts and coffee mugs and things like that. Whatever toys, action figures, all that comes out. Today, Wednesday, the day this show's uploaded, and you can find a list of that, what's available, right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Now, a couple of highlights, something we uh, just spoke about, Robin being uh, bumped off a long time ago. Well, an issue that is out today is We Are Robin, number one DC Comics, spinning out of the pages of Batman, the teenagers of Gotham City have adopted the R and made it their very own. A new Robin? No. How about hundreds of new Robins? That's a brand new start, and that is Robin. We are Robin number one. You can check that out at your favorite comic book store. Also, X-Men 92, 
number one is available. And let's see, by what, Marvel, just in case you're not following along there. Ant-Man, Volume 1, Second Chance. That's a trade paperback. It's available. And Howard the Duck, Volume 1, Complete Collection trade paperback is available at many comic book stores or they can order it if they do not have it in and minions digest volume one trade paperback is available from titan comics and let's see walking dead fans the walking dead number 143 is in stores and what i am getting and if you love superman this is one to check out because it's a game changer superman number 41 hits the stands there's been talk about this for a period of time now the epic new storyline truth continues with the debut of the amazing new creative team of the new writers of this series now this is going to be a change with superman because his secret identity is no longer secret because uh, lois lane outs him and they have a very uh, kind of cool cover with a thing where some of his clothes have been burned off or something's happened so that is superman number 41 to check out at your favorite comic book shop and if you don't have a favorite and you're looking for one just go right to our website at rileyandkimmy.com now kimmy being a comic book day and being a special comic book day was superman number 41 hitting the stands it's well it's time for us to focus on superman this is a job for superman up up and away and what we'll do is we'll go back in time to the adventures of Superman on the radio, the golden age of radio, old time radio, OTR for the collectors. And we will uh, go to an, uh, a very action packed episode. Now, this one is from basically the first years of Superman on radio. That is he's only uh, about two years old, coming up on two years old, not quite from the comic books. He's already huge in the comic strips. And he's becoming mainstream because of radio. So, hey, nerds, if you're saying, I don't like this old stuff, this old stuff is ex extremely important, especially the radio part, because it made Superman, you know, known to the masses. And without it, in my opinion, there would not have been the Superman animation. There would not have been the Superman uh, eventual films, the uh, movie serials. There were two of them. And we wouldn't have had George Reeves in the 50s. And you know, it just keeps going, going, and going. It's one of the things that kept... Uh, Superman is a comic book, I believe, in print after World War II. And by the way, keep in mind this too. Everybody thinks Superman was the biggest superhero of all time, and he wasn't at this time period. At this time period, it was not Batman. It was not Superman who was the top dog. Who was the top dog, Kimmy? In sales. Wonder Woman? No, it was... Captain Marvel, Captain Shaz Marvel. Shazam in the, in the Captain Marvel family. Uh, they were huge. And then that would come to an end because of the big lawsuit between Superman, actually DC Comics, National Periodical Publications, and Fawcett uh, Publications, and we know how that ended. But at this time period, my point was, and by the way, Captain Marvel made it to the films, Republic Films, before Superman did. So it just gives you an idea of the, the power or the popularity. And he, 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 I think he sold two to one in products at that time period or maybe even higher than that it was a lot we're talking a lot of product and a lot of comic books and it was, and it was a big uh, marvel family without the radio part though superman was huge on radio i think i just have a feeling when world war ii came to the end they started wiping out the superheroes and getting rid of the comic books of that type and there was only the, the trinity that lasted which was batman wonder woman and superman in the in the dc world and i think what helped keep that alive was 
the radio show. So it's very important. Here we go with Bud Collier as the voice of Superman and Clark Kent. We're going back to March 27, 1940. Now it's called Alonzo Craig Arctic Explorer Part 1 episode. And you're saying Part 1? Is there a Part 2? There sure is. And we'll air Part 2 in our next episode, 539 of The Riley and Kimmy Show. Going back in time, here's the adventures of Superman on The Riley and Kimmy Show. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, mighty visitor from another world, who came to Earth when the planet Krypton was destroyed by quakes and explosions. Superman, who can twist steel in his bare hands, leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, and who walks about among human beings as champion of the weak and the oppressed, disguised as Clark Kent, news reporter. As our story opens today, we find Kent in the private office of editor Perry White. Listen. Kent, how would you like to take up the search for Captain Alonzo Craig? Craig? The Arctic Explorer? Why, he's been missing for three years. Uh, look here. Now sit down and let me give you the whole story. Alonzo Craig was one of the most famous Arctic explorers in the world. Yes, I guess everybody knows that. Well, three years ago, he headed an expedition up into the islands north of Ellesmere Land. You know anything about that country, Kent? No, not a thing, Chief. It's very little explored. Just a maze of islands and ice fields and cliffs. The wildest rumors you ever heard. What kind of rumors? Well, most people don't believe them. Alonzo Craig made up his mind he'd prove them one way or the other. But what kind of rumors? Well, rumors that the islands north of Ellesmere Land are inhabited by Indians. Or maybe Eskimos. Nobody seems to be exactly sure. But they're amazingly intelligent, as far as people can judge. Big and tall and strong, and they're white. What? Well, that's what the story is. A race of giant white men. But that isn't all, Kent. Tie your hat on good and tight and catch this. They're ruled by a single king. Some kind of a witch doctor or medicine man. And that witch doctor never dies. Oh, come off, Mr. White. Don't tell me you fall for stuff like that. Just isn't possible. No, it isn't possible. But Alonzo Craig wasn't a fool, Kent. Well, don't tell me he believed it. He went up north to investigate. Traveled thousands of miles over desolate country just three years ago this week. And what happened to him? Nobody knows. That's why we sent Ray Martin, one of our reporters up there after him. And old Professor Peters. Peters? The yeah. museum man? Oh, say, I know him well. Well, did Martin report anything? Not a word in the last month. Both Ray Martin and Professor Peters seem to have vanished in thin air, just like Alonzo Craig did. You don't mean it. Well, that's why you're going after them, Kent. You're going to look for Peters and Martin, and if humanly possible, you're going to find out what happened to Alonzo Craig. City room, wipe. Who? Who? Why, yes, yes, certainly I know her. Send her upstairs. Tell the boy to bring her in when she gets here. Say, that's mighty queer. Almost uncanny. You'd never guess in a million years who's coming up. All right, Mr. White, who is it? Miss Paula Craig, Alonzo Craig's twin sister. His sister? What does she want? Well, that's what I'd like to know myself. She certainly can't have heard about Peters and Martin disappearing. Well, while we're waiting, what about them? What makes you think they're missing? Kent, they were supposed to keep in touch by shortwave radio with the base at Port Ormond. They did for a while. Four weeks ago, the radio went dead. Oh, well, that might not prove anything, Mr. White. On the other hand, it might prove a good deal. Because yesterday I received an important message. What was that? Our man at Port Ormond telegraphed it down. It's common gossip among the Indians at the trading post that Martin and Peters have been lost. Lost? Well, how would Indians know that? Don't ask me, Kent. 
Apparently, they do know something, and they won't tell. Come in. Oh, hello. Hello there, Miss Craig. Oh, Mr. White, I hope I'm not bothering you. They said to come right in. Why, certainly, by all means. Oh, may I present Mr. Kent? Mr. Clark Kent? Miss Paula Craig. How do you do? How do you do? It's a funny thing you picked out today to come in, Miss Craig. Kent's on his way to Port Ormond in the north. Mr. White, something's happened, and I don't know what to make of it. Why, what is it? You remember about the rings. I, I think I told you about them. Well, you might tell Kent. Mr. Kent, Alonzo and I were twins. When we were graduated from school, my father gave us both identical rings, carrying his initial and our mother's initial in a sort of seal on the back. Well, the point is, Kent, that Captain Craig always wore his, and Miss Craig always wore hers. That is, she did until Ray Martin went north. Exactly, Mr. White. When you sent your searching expedition north to find my brother... I gave Mr. Martin my ring to take with him. You see, I thought... I thought it might help him identify Alonzo. I understand, Miss Craig. But you said something peculiar happened. Yes, very peculiar. This morning, I received a small package in the mail. And when I opened it... Well, look. What? Why, that's one of the rings. Miss Craig... Who sent you that? Mr. Kent, it came down from Port Ormond by air. My brother's old navigator, Captain Walters, wrote that he bought it from an Indian. It's my brother's ring. Why, that's amazing. Great heavens. But, but all the time. Look, I, I, I never noticed it. Kent, your train leaves in 20 minutes. My train? Oh, yes, it slipped my mind. Uh, Miss Craig, I... uh, now, I'm going to be terribly rude now, but I'll make amends some other time. Mr. White, I... I don't understand. Well, now, look here. Kent has only 20 minutes to catch his train. Leave uh, Captain Waller's letter in the ring here, and uh, Kent will take the ring north with him. I'll call you once I get my bearings. Oh, of course, Mr. White. I, I hope I haven't uh, upset you. Oh, fine, fine. Now, you're a real soldier, Miss Craig, a real soldier. And don't worry. I'll call you in a day or two. All right. Goodbye, Mr. Kent, and good luck. Goodbye, Miss Craig. And we'll find your brother for you. Yeah, thank heavens. Kent, we'd better work fast. I'll say so. Mr. White, I can't possibly catch a train in 20 minutes. Oh, forget it. Forget it. I have to get her out. Now, Kent, look here. Look. Look at this ring. Oh, what about it? She hasn't heard about Martin and Peters being lost. She took it for granted that this was her brother's ring, that somehow it had come back from Alonzo Craig. What's the letter say? Oh, forget the letter. Walters thought the same thing, and they're both wrong. Mr. White, what do you mean? Kent, this isn't Alonzo Craig's ring. What? They're supposed to be identical, but they're not. I can tell by this scratch on the inside of the band here, see? I put that scratch there myself before Ray Martin took the ring. Great Scott. You're not saying... Kent, I am. This is the ring Paula Craig gave to Ray Martin. Now then, what's happened to Martin and Peters? And how under heaven did this ring get back to Port Ormond and into Captain Walter's hands? Telegram, Mr. White. Here, give it here. Kent! This is from Captain Walters, Ike Walters, up at Port Ormond. Yes? He was the one who took Alonzo Craig to Ellsmere Land. I told him you were coming. What's he say? Urge your man to use all speed. Time may be important. May know more when he gets here. Walters. Kent. Kent, what's going on up there? Mr. White, I don't know. But I'm going to find out. Say, maybe I can catch that train after all. Through the upper air, red capes streaming in the wind, the man of steel soars over the Great Lakes, northward to Hudson Bay, and northward again to the tiny settlement of Fort Ormond. And presently, on the deck of an icebreaker, buffeting her way through the fog and ice, 
Clark Kent, reporter, talks with the ship's master, Captain Walters. Any idea where we are, Captain Walters? Mighty heavy fog out there. Getting up there, Mr. Kent. Any time now, we'll be hitting right into Ellesmere Land. And when we get there, we take the dog sled. Oh, plenty cold, all right. Say, uh, don't you ever use your foghorn? Not up here. Except now and again to tell if we're close to an iceberg. Sometimes the sound will bounce off. Icebergs around here? Oh, sure up. Mighty lucky if we don't run right into one. Uh, didn't hear no echo that time. Look here, Captain. Down at dinner, you started to tell me about Alonzo Cragg. What's all the mystery about? Nobody knows, Mr. Kent. All of a sudden, he just up and lit out with only an engine sled driver. But why? Why would he do a thing like that? Well, some of the men in his expedition said he heard about the luck of the north. So he set out to find it. The luck of the north? Yep. What's that? That's a treasure, Mr. Kent. Oh, that's what they say it is. Millions and millions of dollars... Gold and precious stones. Land knows what not. What? Up here? Now, don't ask me if it's true. Don't ask me how it got here, if it is true. All I know is what they tell me. But where is it? Who owns it? Well, they say the Indians owned it. Some say it was always here, and some say it come from pirates and such a couple hundred years ago. Do you believe it yourself? Uh, Mr. Kent, I declare I don't know. I've seen some mighty queer things up here in the north. Hey... Ain't it getting some colder all of a sudden? Oh, I'd say so. Going through me like a knife. Yeah. Well, the fog's thicker, too. Uh, say, look here, Captain. Yeah. What about these Indians you were talking about? Well, nobody knows much about them, neither, Mr. Ken. They keep to themselves, and their old witch doctor backs them up. If you ask me, Alonzo Craig went after the luck of the North, and the Indians went after Craig. All right, but what about Ray Martin and Professor Peters? Oh, and by the way, you never did tell me how, how you happened to find that ring. But... Now, listen. Hey, you hear that echo? That means there's a berg right close by. Huh? Yes, yes. Iceberg! Iceberg, get ahead! Astern! Full speed, astern! Hey, look. Off the starboard beam. Coming through the fog. Icebergs closing in on us. Captain Walters, what'll we do? Look! Look! I see it. I ain't blind. There ain't nothing we can do. Hey, look out! See where you are now, Kent. I gotta work past you. Hold her off! Put your helm down high! There, he's gone. They'll never see me in the fog. Great heavens, those bergs are all around us. I think it's time Superman went to work. Up! Up! Out! And away! Berks. They're bigger than mountains. Thousands of tons of solid ice. They're all around the ship. If I can't do something fast, she hasn't got a chance. Down, down, right into the water. Now then, got to shove this one out of the way. Force a passage for the boat. Good thing they can't see me in the fog. Now, no, no good. Not quick enough. The ice is closing in. It's crushing the boat. Sudden crushing danger in the Arctic ice fields. Can Superman force a path for the tiny vessel? Or has he met his match in the towering ice peaks of the northern seas? Tune in next time and follow the story. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! 
It's a plane! It's Superman! Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.